Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Bags are packed. Are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way It's time to name the neglect from typical food advice. Welcome to the Find Your Food Voice podcast, hosted by me, Julie Duffy Dillon. I'm a registered dietitian with 20 years of experience partnering with folks just like you on their food peace journey. What have we learned? Well, cookie cutter approaches exclude too many people and you don't need to be fixed. It's not you. It's not me. It's all of us. Only together, we can start a movement and fix diet culture. And we will. Let's begin with now. Welcome to episode 273 of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. This is Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. Thanks for connecting today. If you are new to the show, well, welcome. Thanks for finding me and, you know, agreeing to let me be in your ears for the next 20 or 30 minutes. And if you're not new, you may be wondering, who the heck is this? What podcast is this on my podcast app? Well, this used to be the Love Food Podcast, and I've changed it up a little bit. But something is always going to be a part of my podcast is that food, not only is it fuel, but it also is a source of comfort and healing. Those are really, really important. And I know not everyone connects with food in that way, but it's really, honestly, my goal for you listening is that your connection to food, to feel, not only as a source of fuel, but also as a way to feel comforted, soothed, and heal. There is a but sometimes though, right? Sometimes we experience things in life that impacts our relationship with food where it can't be a source of soothing or healing, or at least it looks different. And you may be wondering what the heck I'm talking about. And this show, I'm going to be exploring that through a letter from someone really important and someone you're going to be hearing more from on the show. Her name is Yelly Cruz. Yelly is the production assistant for the podcast and has been working with me since June of 2021. You may have heard her before on the She's All Fat podcast. She was also a production assistant over there and um, was on a bunch of episodes and 
I was really excited to be able to um, meet her and ask her to join my team. And so I feel really lucky that she is going to be joining me on some episodes. And before I did that, I wanted you to get to know her. And I asked her, would, would you be willing to write a letter to food? And she was like, hell yeah. So what we have coming up next is a letter to food from Yelly. And then we're going to dive in and explore it. But before we get to this episode's letter, a quick word from our sponsor. Are you ready to divorce that dumpster fire that is your PCOS diet? Are you hoping to do intuitive eating but feel stumped because you have PCOS? Well, I am here to tell you, there is another way. Yes, there is. You have been neglected far too long by the PCOS healthcare system. I know they're pushing you to diet, but I have found ways to help you navigate this condition and help you to feel more powerful living with PCOS. So I have been doing a PCOS course for years and years. It was called PCOS and Food Peace. I closed the doors back in November because I wanted to redo the whole thing. I've learned a lot in the last 20 years. And so I have put together something that basically I've heard that people with PCOS feel hopeless and also powerless. So this course, it's called PCOS Power because there is a way for you to take back expert control of your body and feel at home there again. So PCOS Power is coming soon. It's coming in March. And if you would like to be on the wait list, go to juliedillonrd.com. There you can download my PCOS Roadmap. It gives you the first three steps toward food peace with PCOS. And by downloading that roadmap, it also puts you on the wait list. Being on the wait list means that you'll be the first to know when all the details drop for PCOS power. So go to juliedillonrd.com, grab that PCOS roadmap, and you'll be on the wait list. And I can't wait to share with you in March, PCOS power is going to kick ass and I think you're going to love it. Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware, it's a thing that is around the corner for you. 
So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, let's get back to the episode. Taking the good with the ups and downs. I want to see how the world turns around. Home is with you wherever that may be. Dear Food, it took a lot of years of work towards rejecting diet culture to get to a place where you are a source of joy in my life. I remember being a child and watching my mom try diet after diet, hearing her talk about cheat days and new year, new me goals, wondering if I should join in. When I was in high school, I remember thinking about whether or not I should eat less altogether and seeing how much eating disorders were glamorized on TV and in movies. Thankfully, I found body positivity at a relatively young age, and that led me to learning about body liberation and fat positivity. I'm currently the largest I've ever been in my life, but I still find happiness and comfort in you, food. I see you as a sign of love in my mother's cooking or as a way to bring my wife and I together at the end of a hard day. You are one of the ways that I stay connected to my Venezuelan culture, even though I live so far away from there. I appreciate the way you keep my body going and heal me emotionally. A few years ago, however, I started having really intense pain in my upper abdomen completely randomly. I thought at the time that it was stress-induced heartburn because it started at a really stressful time in my life when I was coming out to my parents while also living at home and having to deal with that stressful environment. It seemed like there was no rhyme or reason to what triggered the so-called heartburn. I could eat huge meals and be fine one day and eat a tiny meal and be in pain the next. I started to lose trust in new food. Eventually, the pain stopped being as consistent, but never went away completely. A few months ago, I had the worst tummy pain of my life. I went to the hospital and found out that I had a huge amount of gallstones and needed my gallbladder removed. My doctor even said that it was likely that I've been passing gallstones for years, and that's what my heartburn actually was. Since getting my gallbladder removed, I haven't had any tummy aches, which is truly such a win. And thankfully, I had such a good experience with all my healthcare providers as well. However, I feel a bit less confident in my food choices. I had to restrict some types of food for a month while my digestive system recovered, and I'm scared now to reintroduce them fully into my diet. What happens if I have tummy aches again? What if it makes me feel awful? I also have been unable to process my hunger cues lately. I've been either completely forgetting to eat until I'm so hungry that I'm emotionally cranky or realizing that I haven't eaten and still not feeling hungry, but eating food anyways, because I think I have to. How can I work to regain trust in new food? What can I do to make sure that I'm reminding myself to nourish my body and listening to when I need more of you? Love, Yelly. 
Hey, Yelly. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for writing a letter. I'm so glad that you are willing to do that. Um, what was it like for you to, to write this letter to food? Um, well, thank you for asking. It felt like an honor to write a letter. Um, I, it felt very therapeutic for me because I have been noticing these in the way that I think about food since I had my surgery. Um, I found that since working for you, I think all the time about like how I'm framing food just because I hear people talking about it constantly. Um, And because of that, I'd been like thinking about writing a letter for a long time. So it was nice to be able to get everything out on the page and uh, Mm -hmm. reading it out loud as well felt very uh, therapeutic in a different way. Ooh, good. Because yeah, that's one of the changes that we're hoping to add more is actually people like reading their own letter. So that's Mm -hmm. cool to hear that it, it felt like there was like another layer to the therapeutic side of just actually like reading it out loud. Totally. Um, you know, and hearing you even state like, yeah, just like listening to other people's, um, letters to food and, you know, sifting through all the stuff, all the content with this podcast, um, it made you kind of curious. And like, the thing that I got from your letter is like, while Yelly look like, sounds like a natural observer, like someone who probably like, um, like that's a skill that a lot of people just don't have. Like, instead of like, are you someone that will observe first and then maybe react? Is that kind of your like natural way of doing things? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, that's funny that you mentioned that because I don't often think of it as a skill, oh. but it, I, it definitely is now that yes. you've said that and I <laughs> think about that. Um, but I definitely think that it just comes from me being the eldest of three kids and having to take on more of a like, parental role in that sense in my life. Like I'm very used to um, having to kind of have a grasp on everybody's emotions all of the time, Mm -hmm. which has been a source of trauma in some ways in my Mm -hmm. life. But also it, you're right in that uh, it also has kind of manifested as a skill Mm -hmm. of like being observant and being able to reflect, which is kind of fun now that I think about it in that way. It's a nice way of reframing that. Yeah, it may be both, right? It may have been something that made things really hard and complicated, especially if you had to like wait and observe how people would react to things to decide how you were going to move forward. Like, yeah, that that in itself can be have layers of trauma to it, you know. But then mm-hmm. how that as you're like learning about food, that's the thing I was getting from it. I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay, how can you be um, immersed in an environment, this diet culture that we all live in, and then also having family members talk about dieting in a way that so many people can relate to. But then it's, yeah, I was like, oh, she must've been like observing and then deciding how to react. And thankfully, poof, somehow body positivity like mm-hmm. landed in your lap. I, and I, I have a feeling that's not exactly what happened, but like, how did you actually find this amazing kind of like distraction from like going head on really into dieting, you know, how did you connect with body positivity? Well, um, I want to say it kind of was half of a little like poof, here's (laughs) body positivity. I, when I was in, I want to say like earlier years of university, my partner actually, um, introduced me to she's all fat. 
And she basically was just like, oh, here's a podcast that you would really love. I think you should listen to it. Um, And so I started listening to She's All Fat and I eventually interned for them and started working for them. And that's how I learned about you is from She's All Fat. I didn't know that was the like the way you found it. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah, it was very, uh, a lot of just little happy serendipity moments. Um, How did she find it then? Did she just stumble on the podcast? I think so. I think it was just a, you know, she saw it somewhere randomly in passing and was like, oh, I think Yelly would enjoy this. That's incredible. Um, But so that's how the bulk of my body positivity uh, discovery happened. Mm -hmm. And then also I realized once I was reading this letter that um, I forgot to add a little bit of nuance to the fact that my mom, even though she is a chronic dieter and has been all her life. She never let me start dieting. Mm, like, like I remember, she, uh, don't I don't want you to diet. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like I remember one of my very vivid memories from childhood is going up to her and wanting to do a um, juice cleanse because they were trendy at the time, and she full out said, "No, you don't have to do that. You need food in your body. That's not happening." And that mm-hmm. just kind of was it. And that really shut it down for me. Um, and yeah, even though she kind of hopped from diet to diet and mm-hmm. I was exposed to that peripherally, um, she really never expressed that she wanted me to participate in that. It was more of a like very internal thing for her, mm-hmm. which is, you know, like sad for me to see her go through that. But also I think that her going through that maybe made her not want me to -hmm. experience the same thing. So I think that that really laid a lot of the building blocks for me to be able to like wholeheartedly jump into body positivity when it found me. Mm -hmm. It made sense. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, this is probably what my mom needed um, in order to not do this herself. And I'm so glad you mentioned that and recalled that that connection because you know, you've spent a lot of time with these letters. I know you're going back through previous episodes and helping with transcripts and stuff. So like something that people often talk about is like raising children or helping taking care of children and really feeling comfortable with like expressing how they shouldn't diet and how dieting is harmful, but they themselves still so immersed in it and maybe still like practicing some kind of diet culture stuff. And And so then there's like this whole like extra layer of shame of like, why can't I stop in in order for my kids to not? So I say that because it sounds like, you know, you are experiencing someone in your life who is dieting and you still were able to reject diet Mm -hmm. culture. And it was like, just, she was able to pass on, like pass on the baton and give it to you with more ease than she had it, you know? Um, Yeah. So I hope the listener can who may be in that spot to like, okay, like I may be actually like still doing what I want, even if I'm still struggling, you know, um, that's awesome. Well, and you know, with the body positivity part, you mentioned kind of going from body positivity to like body liberation and fat positivity. Mm -hmm. I would love to learn more about that part. Like what you, like the difference for you, maybe. Like what, mm-hmm. what, how is that different than body positivity and like what needs that kind of met for you? Yes. So, um, 
just in terms of definitions, my understanding of the terms is that body positivity is the idea of like being positive about your body or being loving towards your body um, Mm -hmm. or accepting your body and accepting other bodies. Whereas body liberation is more of a movement working towards liberating people from the structures that oppress different types of bodies, whether that's fat bodies, disabled bodies, black bodies, other uh, Mm -hmm. intersections. Um, And the thing that made me make the jump from one thing to the other is that body positivity is very, um, it's very white for the most part. And Mm -hmm. even though everybody could use self-love and body positivity, it's also very thin. It doesn't have Mm -hmm. a lot of fat rep. So I think that um, body positivity works really well as a stepping stone for folks who find it first and then graduate onto body liberation in a sense. Um, But that was the kind of the crescendo for me in terms of finding body positivity, pardon me, and um, accepting that school of thought and uh learning to accept my body and then working towards like okay well what do we need to do in order mm-hmm. to make the world an easier place for other folks to not be uh to not face barriers because of their bodies because mm-hmm. those two things are very very different right yeah yeah yeah, yeah i think many people connect with like rejecting diets in the body positivity kind of space in I try to like, think about like, how did I start getting to a spot of like rejecting diets? And, um, I don't know if body positivity was like, kind of like the entrance point just because it was so long ago and we didn't even have like Instagram yet. (laughs) So so, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, it was just kind of different. And, um, so it was just like books that I was reading, but you know, the thing that I notice is that, um, sometimes people can get kind of trapped in the, the body positivity space and not ever really um, move away from that spot of like, I need to be fixed. Like, and that's for me, like so much of this conversation and with this podcast is like, Hey, as an individual, we don't need to be fixed. It's just like the, the systems that you were talking about, like, that's what we need to come together and fix. Um, And if it's just in body positivity land, it's just like, it's not really getting at that stuff, you know? Totally. Yeah. Um, well, um, I wanted to kind of like transition into some of the things you brought up with the letter. Is that okay? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's get to the meat of it. Oh, you always <laughs> said that in your, she's all fat, right? Yeah. <laughs> the meat of it. The meat of it. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, so when I was reading your letter and then like listening to you just now, um, I wrote down like your like food voice. So, you know, it was like the way you connected to food was love and comfort and healing, soothing, like lots of warm fuzzies and, and also like culture and family and also like future, like with your wife, you know, connecting with um, the present and also like future relationships, um, which I, again, that's just super warm fuzzy. And like, again, like a, a there's something about how your like um, dendrites and synapses in your brain <laughs> just kind of like <laughs> had um, 
connections and strengths that helped you to connect with food in that way. And also, like you said, like how your mom was like, Hey, listen, no, no, no don't diet. That's, mm-hmm. that's, I don't know if she said bullshit. I don't know if she's a cussing type, but like, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> Probably not. I'll just insert that. Um, but yeah, there were also some other things that kind of helped you to, to seal those kind of connections, but that, that whole gallbladder experience, which, you know, you had mentioned to me, like when you were in pain right before surgery and I'm like, I still am blown away that you didn't, that you were able to tolerate all this quote heartburn, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that. Um, I'm like, your pain tolerance must be really high. Um, and, um, cause it just sounds like other people have talked about having gallstones and it sounds like what labor was like for me. So, um, uh, yeah, I just am blown away by that. But, um, this, the, the way that the body experienced that pain and then also like the stress that you were experiencing at the same time. Um, it's yeah. Like when I was like listening to you read your letter, I'm like, it's almost like the, the trust with food slowly started to kind of wean. And I was like, oh, I wonder if there was also like self-doubt going on and like questioning your own kind of like self, you know, in those moments. Um, and I just say that because a lot of times, yeah, like the, how we're relating to food can mirror other areas of life. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I wonder if that's going on. Um, but then like, moving forward after surgery, the thing that's like the, the whammy or like the big kicker here is that like now healing, instead of like healing, being connecting to food, now healing is like connecting differently to food. Yes. It's like this, a script you've never had to follow before. Um, yeah. I like, if there's ever like any doubt or distrust, having a new way of doing things is going to just exasperate it. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what you think about that. If that's like tracks for you or not, or if, what do you think? Definitely. It was, I definitely, I lost trust my body to be able to eat the things that I wanted to eat, which, Mm -hmm. um, like food, I've talked about it, but food is like a huge source of comfort for me as well. So it was really difficult to not be able to turn to the meals that I would have on stressful days and Mm -hmm. be able to have it. Um, Or even it was really strange to go to the grocery store and have to track how much fat was in food because fat is the thing that your gallbladder and all of those Mm -hmm. good things help you regulate. Mm -hmm. Um, so that even just felt really weird after years and years of telling myself to not look at nutrition labels to the point Mm -hmm. where I just like don't process them anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, afterwards, so basically I had to wait a month and eat very low fat and then start reintroducing fat into my diet afterwards. And I was very scared to trust my body and trust that it would be able to um, like take on that food again. Like there's still foods that are high in fat today that I am like kind Mm. of stay away from and don't eat just because I'm scared of that pain coming back. And I like, Mm -hmm. I want to trust that I'll be able to do it and it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And up until now I haven't had any, um, like awful experiences, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard to like 
throw myself back into that again. Right. Yeah. We, and you mentioned too, like on stressful days, having meals was something that just felt so, I don't remember the word you said, but again, it just felt warm fuzzy in the way you were describing it. Like, um, I don't know, what was it about having meals? Who are you with that like on a stressful day that just felt so great? Um, I usually, I would be with my wife. We have mm-hmm. like, um, places to go and <laughs> meals that we like mm-hmm. to have at the end of hard days, whether it's, uh, because she's had a hard day or I've had a hard day mm-hmm. and we'll usually sit down together and just like eat something yummy and, mm-hmm. um, like watch TV and just mm-hmm. be cozy. Okay. Um, and yeah, it was frustrating <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. for a long time. Was, uh, is there... I think you know this about me. Like, I don't really like cooking, but like for <laughs> you to, do you all like cook together or do you, is it not really about the food prep? Is it, could it be just something really quick or something like more intricate or does it matter? It's usually just takeout. Yeah. Okay. So I don't, like, I don't like cooking get something else. either, yes. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that about you. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not many of us who are willing to admit <laughs> like cooking. <laughs> um, so getting know. takeout, I think there's something like really fun about takeout too. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, though someone listening, um, maybe who hasn't had a gallbladder out, but like just got diagnosed with like fatty liver disease or diabetes or PCOS, like people have similar experiences almost of like this um, kind of wedge that gets placed into their like routine with food, like this typical script mm-hmm. that they have and the way they're connecting and the parts that feel good and um, almost being on like autopilot, you know? And, and for you, Yelly, it sounds like food also was like grounding. Like it was something mm-hmm. that helped you to like stay in the present and feel the way you wanted to feel. But for a lot of people, when they get either a diagnosis that may be painful or, or just like a chronic disease kind of diagnosis, it could send people into a tailspin because of this heightened kind of awareness of like, well, shit, now I got to like look at food labels. And I really think this experience would be different for you and for anyone else in similar places if diet culture didn't exist, you know, because basically by you having to look at a food label and look at how much fat was in it, that sounds like diet culture. Mm -hmm. You were just like not wanting to have a I mean, you say tummy ache and I, I don't know, tummy ache just doesn't sound like as much pain as it really was. Like, <laughs> um, I don't want to minimize it, but yeah, I mean, especially the first month after surgery, that's the reason why there's, um, a recommendation to limit how much fat is because the gallbladder is still healing. There's no way to really digest it fat. And so it's like, you need to have gut rest for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like just even having that heightened awareness and how much it sounds like diet culture, especially for people who are like, I am recovering from eating disorder and yeah. this is really threatening. Um, and that's why I asked, like, what about the meals felt so great? Because like when I know you're not necessarily in that space right now of like the first month after surgery, but for someone who may be in that like immediate tailspin trying to reconnect with like, okay, what was it about those meals that felt so great? And, you know, it sounds like there was like a sense of community or like, or just you and your wife, like connecting and like zoning out on TV, 
or being cozy. Like I, when you said that, I'm like, Oh, I feel the warm fuzzies. Like, it's just something (laughs) about that. That just sounds so great. And, um, when food gets complicated, connecting to the other parts of it, you know, cause really the food just brought us together to be able to do those things. And, um, yeah, like how are things now versus like right after surgery, do they feel any different or they feel the same? They feel, they do feel better. Mm. Um, I'm able to eat most of what I want to eat now and Mm. most of what, um, I'm craving, which is good. (laughs) It's a good improvement. How did you get Um, to that point? How did you get to the point where you're like, okay, I think it's pretty much like my options are the same as they were before. How did you do that? Um, I honestly helped just to go and see my family doctor. I went to see her and I, so I am a huge catastrophizer and I can relate. I, yes. So (laughs) before going to see her, I thought that, um, you know, like eating, I was having like weird bowel movements, which TMI, but that was happening. And that was really like escalating my uh, panic about it. And then I went Mm. to see her and she was like, oh, that's normal. Like, you don't have to worry about it. And um, just having her kind of talk me down Mm. was helpful. Um, And then after that, I just uh, started taking small chances and like Mm -hmm. eating a burger and being scared, but then nothing would happen and being like, okay, well, like if this is okay, then I can eat the other thing. And it was very much a... uh, like baby steps process. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still do have like a mental block about certain foods that I know are just higher in fat. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's scary, but yeah, pain is scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you had someone to connect with that could be like, um, like a voice of reason and someone who has like medical expertise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I'm hearing from that doctor is like, even if you followed it, um, whatever, you know, whatever diet or like restriction or whatever, exactly to a T, you would still have this kind of weird bowel movement stuff going on. Like, mm-hmm. it's just part of the recovery process. And we all know that there's no exact thing to follow anyway. So it's okay to like, not worry about like how your bowels are recovering. You know, it's, it's yes. just going to take some time. Um, I'm so glad you had that. And so, yeah, if any, uh, anybody listening to it's like, ah, I feel like I'm spiraling. Like anybody that you know that maybe you don't have a medical doctor or healthcare provider that you can trust. Um, but even someone in your life that, um, I don't know, I like with all the COVID stuff, I have a neighbor who is like a scientist and whenever I catastrophize, I'm like, <laughs> text her, like, tell me really what's (laughs) going on right now. And just someone you can trust to like, give it to you honestly, and also help you to, um, I don't know, just bring it down. So then you can be, um, in your mind and body together. Cause, um, that's basically what needs to happen is a lot of experiments, right? Like, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. an intuitive eating concept of like, only, you know, really how your body is going to respond. Like everybody, everyone's body is going to be different when they're recovering from a surgery or diagnosed with a chronic condition. And it's just going to take time, excuse me, time and experiments to be able to know what's going to work and what isn't. And that's what I hear happening. And, you know, maybe it'll be 
a matter of time for that trust to just come back to where it, it needs to be for you. And I also wonder with like having this kind of experience, if it will, um, especially with these experiments that you're doing, like it may even solidify a, like a different mind body connection as it relates to your food and like, um, just your relationship with food. It may in the end provide some strengthening. And I realize I'm sounding super like Pollyanna with it, <laughs> but like, um, just the challenge in itself, like you're having to really think about it and notice how your body's reacting. So there's just going to be more like, kind of like, um, wires connecting the two, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Unless that makes sense, but that does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you said that because I, uh, I have felt a shift in the way that I think about what I'm going to eat. Hmm. And, but I like that you named it as different and not bad because I definitely mm-hmm. was framing it in my mind as something bad, mm-hmm. but it can be different and be okay. Yeah. 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 And there may be times where it feels icky and there may be times where it doesn't, you know, like mm-hmm. um, there's no way to totally predict it, but like only you and your body are going to be the ones to, to like, decide how to move forward. And, um, something that's really cool about having a foundation with your relationship with relationship with food that is like connection and healing is in the moments when you feel that catastrophizing kind of happening, which totally takes us out of our body. I I shouldn't assume that happens with you, but that's what happens with me. And, (laughs) um, one thing that you can do that can help tremendously in that moment is like, having those memories in the past, like even just having a cozy dinner with your wife, like imagining those and um, like even just letting your brain process what that was like for you, it can help you with the the future self too. Like having those memories. I mean, that's a doing that kind of work is something that we do a lot in eating disorder recovery. When people have a memory of like a positive relationship with food is like, if you can come reconnect with those memories and like feel them, then you can also do them in the future. So like, um, yeah, like even just remembering those times and trying to recreate the parts that maybe aren't about the food, like the coziness, the TV show. Um, I always like to watch Seinfeld if I'm eating dinner, watching TV. And I know Seinfeld Mm -hmm. is problematic (laughs) as fuck, but like, you know, um, there's something about Seinfeld that is like the, just chill out kind of show for me and my husband. Like turn off your brain. Yeah. And just giggle. Right. Um, yeah. Is there any show for you that is like, yes, that's it. Um, we like watching survivor. Ah, (laughs) Um, I watched survivor too. And actually we, I have a 13 year old and she watched it with us this time too. Oh my gosh. I I think we may be like the last two families on the planet watching it, but whatever, you know, Good for us. I love that. I know. <laughs> it's like um of all those like competition reality shows, that's the only one that really stuck for us. But mm-hmm. yeah, we like watching it. That's <laughs> um, so funny. I was um so glad to see the person who won this time. I can't remember her name, but I don't know who won yet. Oh, I sorry. The finale. No, that's okay. I don't you didn't give anything away. That's okay. fine. <laughs> um, I should have practiced. <laughs> Um, well, it is time for us to, um, sign off and, um, I don't know any closing thoughts or anything before we say goodbye for now. And I'm going to 
write a letter back from food. Do you know that I'm the one that writes the letters? I may have just given the whole secret away. Um, <laughs> <Santa>? <laughs> yeah. Anything before we sign off that's um, important to say or just. Um, I don't think so. Thank you so much. Yeah, for- no problem. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> Thanks for sharing your experiences and writing a letter of food. And um, of course, like helping me to make this podcast even happen. I'm so glad that listeners have a chance to just um, get to know you and um, hear about your experiences and know that you're helping us. Um, and you're going to, they're going to be hearing more from you as the mm-hmm. season goes on. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have the rest of your day, Yelly. You too. Bye. All right. So I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Yelly Cruz. Again, Yelly is someone who's been helping me behind the scenes on the Love Food Podcast and will now be um, someone you hear more in the Find Your Food Voice podcast. I'm so excited that she is willing to do that and also was thrilled that she was willing to write a letter to food and help you to get to know her. Thank you, Yelly, for bringing your voice to the podcast. And I see that food is written back. But before we get to Food Flutter, this episode of a Love Food Podcast was brought to you by my PCOS Power course. It is coming out in March. And if you would like to get on the wait list to be the first to know when it is released in all the details, all you need to do is go to julieduffydillon.com and click on the link for PCOS Roadmap. By getting that PCOS Roadmap download, you will automatically get on the wait list. So I will give you all the details. If you want to know the details, I don't release them here on the podcast first. I do on my email list. So go to julieduffydillon.com and click on the link for the PCOS roadmap. If you enjoyed this episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast, well, I'm really glad because I've been working really hard on this kind of pivot. And if you could leave a rating or review, that is just such a big gift to those of us who are making the show happen. Also, if you shared an episode to someone who you think may, may like it, maybe a friend, a family member, or maybe a therapist or a dietitian that you work with or know, that always helps the show grow. And then also, of course, subscribing to the show to always be um, able to get episodes as they release. All right. Well, enough of all that. Like I said, food has written back. And until next time, take care. Dear Yelly, thank you for writing. Amongst the chaos, confusion, stress, and self-doubt, we have somehow managed to connect. Cozy connections that promoted healing, comfort, soothing, and crossing borders into closeness with your Venezuelan culture. There's so much power in how your observations helped you navigate around or through diet culture hurdles. This new obstacle is a different script. While unfamiliar, stay rooted in what you know and do well. Staying grounded keeps you in your power. Connecting with loved ones brings on the cozy. And most importantly, even in stressful times, you will find your way. Continue to move forward on your terms. 
experimenting, collecting data, and getting cozy. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Ready to join the anti-diet movement and take the Food Voice Pledge? Go to julieduffydillon.com and sign your name to the growing list of people saying no to diets and yes to their own food voice. The Find Your Food Voice podcast is produced by me, Julie Duffy Dillon, and my team of kick-ass folks. I couldn't make the show without Yelly Cruz, assistant producer and resident book fiend, and Colleen Bremner, customer service coordinator and professional hype master. Audio editing is from Toby Lyles at 24 Sound. Music is Fly Free by Hartley. Are you looking for episode transcripts? Get them at julieduffydillon.com, where you can also submit letters for the podcast, give us feedback, and sign the Food Voice Pledge. We need your voice to end diet culture. We literally can't do this without you. Subscribe to the Find Your Food Voice podcast to get weekly inspiration and education on how we can defeat diet culture and reclaim our own food voice. I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.